Welcome to the Brain Hidden Podcast. Resources for marketers and entrepreneurs to help you leave a long-lasting mark on your audience. What I call a brain hickey. I'm your host, Adam Benzman. Hey, welcome to episode seven. Today, I'm gonna read some bits and pieces to you from literally the worst sales email I ever received about 12 days ago from a guy that exported his email list from LinkedIn. And I'm not gonna use this as a way to bash someone or throw them under the bus. What I wanna do is show you these mistakes and how massive they are, the impact that they can have to absolutely destroy your direct sales possibilities, your email marketing campaigns, and your autoresponders. And not only the mistakes, but I'm going to give you some inside tips, some secrets, and a little tricks of the trade that I use when crafting my email campaigns, my autoresponders, or my sales emails. And they're things that you can do on your own. So if you do sell via email, this podcast is for you. I encourage you to take some notes, swipe some bits and goodies, and be on the lookout that you don't make the mistakes I'm about to show you. So let's go piece by piece through this email campaign and we can see exactly what you shouldn't do and how this gentleman could have tweaked this campaign and the bones in it to have a really powerful, awesome piece. So I get this email 12 days ago and this is a subject line. Take a seat, it's a long one. Reaching out because we're connected legitimately via email, but I wasn't sure if you really knew me or what I do. So here goes nothing. That was the subject line. So pretty wild, right? I mean, we're talking like a full two sentences almost was his subject line. Now, one of the tricks that I use every time that I draft an email that's going to be going out in one of my email campaigns, I want to test it to a mobile device. And I email myself and I open it up on my phone. Typically, when you open up whatever email server you use on your phone, the subject line will only fit between five and seven words, depending on your font size and all those settings. But the point is, it's not as long of a preview as a desktop. And if you... If you this has happened to me. I put together some really crafty, witty subject lines I was super proud about and super excited to test. And I sent them. They didn't perform very well. And this was earlier on in my copywriting career. So I started looking at why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? So I opened them up on my phone and I saw that all the juicy bits, the good parts, the sexy parts were past the preview on the mobile device. So anytime you're crafting an email, you want to test that subject line to yourself on your mobile phone, see how it looks. If you've got a few people in your office, test it to multiple people, because even one word that's cut off can make a difference. So get the, the juicy bits up front. So then I open this thing, and I see this HTML email, right? So there's graphic design, there's um, his logo on here, there's a picture and all that. And this brings me to, to another huge mistake. When you're talking direct response or direct sales via email, I have all the studies I've read and all the testing I've done has showed that that plain text emails, especially in a sales letter form, are much, much better than HTML. Now think about it. When you open up an HTML email, how does it make you feel? Now, unless you're selling products that are physical and tangible, maybe bicycles or um, jewelry or something like that, that you, you need to show images of your product, but this guy's a marketer. He doesn't need an HTML email. And when I open up an HTML, excuse me, an HTML email, it makes me feel like I'm being sold, right? It's an ad. It screams I'm an ad. And the whole beauty of selling an email is it's super personable. It should be conversational and you should make it feel like an authentic conversation between you and the reader. So anytime you're putting together some direct response stuff, um, again, unless you're selling physical, tangible products, 
use plain text, all right? Now, so many people think, oh, well, to show professionalism, I gotta use HTML and my design capabilities. It's garbage, throw it out, use plain text. Guarantee your, your response rate, your click-through rate is going to increase. So then I see this email, I'm already turned off. It's clearly an ad because it's HTML and it screams solicitation as does the subject line. But I was already turned off by the subject line because he said, I wasn't sure if you really knew me or what I do. Then I open it up in the sub, excuse me, the, the title, the, the headline of his email is what I do for a living that may benefit you, right? So what I do for a living in the top line that may benefit you in the bottom line. And the first thing to me is I don't care about you, right? No, the golden rule of marketing is no one cares about you. Everything is what's important to me. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? That's the mantra. Now imagine as a reader, all you want to do is know what's in it for me. And what's interesting is if you talk to someone who's a good conversationalist and they get compliments of being a good conversationalist, the funny part is they usually aren't the one doing most of the talking. They're the one asking the questions. Now, I have a friend named Luke, and Luke just said he may be listening to this podcast at some point. So Luke, if you're listening, big shout out to you. Luke is an exceptional conversationalist. I was out to dinner with Luke and my wife and his wife this last weekend, and about halfway through dinner, I'm, I'm thinking, man, this is such a good conversation. I love these guys, and I do. They're great friends. And I realize Luke is an incredible conversationalist because he asks questions. And it really wasn't a conversation we were having. It was me doing most of the talking because he was asking such thought-provoking, engaging questions. I had fun, and I felt good. Most of it is talking about myself, right? Because we're all a little egotistical and ego-driven, and what's in it for me? And then I was like, holy smokes. What I viewed in my own mind as a good conversation was very one-sided. And I started to ask more questions. So next time you're out, maybe for coffee or dinner with a colleague, see what it's like for you to experience what a good conversation is. Take those elements and build them into all of your written communications. And when you are engaged with a reader via a written email campaign, you want that reader to feel like it's a good conversation and cater the content around them. What is in it for them? And you can tell stories, you know, sometimes you'll tell personal stories, but as it relates, you know, it needs to, to dive into something they can relate to. And if it's a relatable story, it becomes about them and it's really powerful. So when I open this email and I see in the subject line, if you really knew me or what I do, and then the opening um, headline is what I do for a living, I'm already like, really dude, You're, you email me to talk about yourself? Then I scroll down even just a little bit further to his sub headline and it reads this. A little bit about me and what a typical contract looks like. And come on, guys, I'm a copywriter. I got caught on my heels. I'm like, all right, this is literally your subject line, headline, subheadline, all that said a little bit about me. Me, me, me. Literally three me's. The classic me, me, me that is nagging and absolutely obnoxious. I'm like, are you kidding? I don't care about this guy. I don't know who he is. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I have no idea if he's even credible. Then he's bold enough to say what a typical contract looks like. So this almost goes without saying. You can't dive in to talking about a contract. Now, I've done podcasts talking about how selling an email is very different than in-person sales. But there are some similarities. And here's one. If I showed up at your front door and I used to be the COO of an in-home sales company, I trained our sales team. If Imagine this. Guy shows up at your doorstep and he says, hey, my name's Adam with so-and-so contracting and uh, I'd like to talk some contract details with you. You would absolutely be floored. You would kick that guy off your doorstep, wouldn't you? You'd say, get off my doorstep. You're coming in here and you're, you're, you're going in for the kill before you even warm me up, before I can even ask questions. I don't even know what you're about. When you do draft emails, make sure that you're value-driven. You're talking about the prospect. What's in it for me? What's in it for them? Is that reader what do they want to hear? 
So then we scroll down in this email, and this is a massive, massive mistake that many people make. And it's subtle, but I've written multiple blogs about it, and it's formatting. The first sentence of this email starts with a few quick facts about me, semicolon. Now, you're probably chuckling a little bit now, as was I, because we have a subject line that talked about me, a headline, a subheadline, and the bottom uh, the opening sentence literally all said, me, me, me. So now we're on four me's. Then we go into two very, very long paragraphs about himself. Now, I'm not so concerned. We already know the glaring obvious part here about why this email is not getting off to the best start. And most people would have stopped reading. But I had some intrigue, and I wanted to find out what was going on from a standpoint of my profession. Formatting is so, so important. We want low friction everything. You've built a sales funnel. Do you want it to be easy or hard to participate in? Easy, right? How much information are we gonna collect? The least amount that we need. We want low flip friction. How many clicks? The least amount possible, right? So when we start putting together emails, we want the reader to have a very low friction way to engage, start reading, and keep reading. The way we do that is we open up with a short choppy first sentence. We don't need to dive in with the value right away. We don't need to dive in with our positioning. We just need a sentence that builds enough intrigue. You could even open with a sentence like, I couldn't tie my shoes today, period. It's a short sentence, and you're like, this guy couldn't tie his shoes? Why not? So don't worry too much about getting wrapped up in all the nitty-gritty details of the value and leading with how it's going to benefit them. A short, choppy sentence. Now, what's the goal of this first short, choppy sentence? All it is is to get them to read the second sentence. The goal of the second sentence, to get them to read the third. Low friction formatting is psychologically appealing. I saw this giant big block of text, and I'm like, this is going to take a while. I'm done. But if you spaced out your emails with one thought per line, which typically is going to be between one and three sentences, it's very easy for that reader to start reading, stay engaged, and keep reading. They call it that slippery slide effect, right? Once you start, you just can't quite stop. Now, if you want to see how I do this and you're on your phone, text the word Hickey to 44222, and I'll send you five emails. They're five copywriting secrets. I'll send them to your inbox, and you can see how I format the email to make reading along email very easy. Now, I had a, a client of mine that I said, hey, I want you to see how I write these emails because I'm going to do them for you. He wrote me back. He goes, dude, I finished your email and I didn't even realize that I finished reading it because I never read emails. And I've gotten this response before. And it's not magical. I didn't invent this idea. It's simple human psychology. So format your emails to read very simply and clearly. And again, you can text Hickey to 44222. If you're on a desktop, jump onto brainhickey.com. Little slider will pop up in the lower right. You can enter your email there and I'll send you those five copywriting secrets. All right, so formatting is vitally, vitally important. We've nailed that piece. Now, here's one other piece that I want to touch on. He jumps in on the bottom here, and I'm going to read this. I charge between $1,800 and $2,000. He, he was so bold in the first email to go over his pricing. Now, most times you don't want to do this, right? This is that gated information. But the point is you need to be precisely vague. This is, a, this is some language I use all the time. You've probably heard me use it before, being precisely vague. If you give away all the answers up front, there's no questions. So if I read through this email and I think I know it all, I'm at a point that I can make a decision. But I want to be precisely vague where I leave some pretty vital questions on the table. I want to overcome those, those big objections, but I want to leave some intrigue, some questions where they're going to reach out. Now imagine if I showed up at your doorstep and I said, I charge between 1800 and 2000 Holy smokes, dude, that's a lot of money. I have sticker shock. I'm caught on my heels. There's no value driven yet, right? We, have, we don't know what we're going to get for that. But if, if he had this beautiful proposal and that's only piece of information that he didn't reveal, I may be bold enough to just email him back. Be like, hey man, 
what's this investment look like? And then he emails me back. We get into a dialogue, maybe a phone call. He can close the deal because he's going to deliver some value. So the first piece we need to focus on is getting into a conversation with our prospect. Now, when I was training these guys that I used to work with in in in-home sales, it was just a big uh, quest to see how long we could stay in front of that homeowner because we could ask questions and be in dialogue and overcome objections and then work the sale. So think of it in the same way when you're writing emails. Be precisely vague, leave questions. We want them to reach out. It's awesome when you get a response to an email, especially a direct sales email. All right, now here's the last piece. He ends here, and this really uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Again, this is a first email, and he says, if you already feel like you and I are not a good fit, you can still benefit from this email by forwarding it on to someone who else, uh, excuse me, someone else who might be interested. And then he ends with this. Forward to a friend or colleague, I do pay $200 for any referral that results in a signed contract. Now, let's take a step back for a minute. I am all for asking for referrals. Absolutely all about it. In fact, I built an entire campaign with email about generating referrals. Now, what we want to do is ask for referrals after we've delivered value. So this is part of our brand positioning. We talked about this in the previous podcast, episode six, about building your online swagger, becoming likable and trustable and getting people to buy from you, positioning yourself as an expert. But I don't know this guy yet. I don't know if he's got really great stuff to say. I don't know if he's credible. I don't even know him personally. And now he's offering to pay me $200 to send this email to someone. Now, what does that say about you, right? He may be very well intentioned. This guy might be the best marketer in the world. But the way that this email comes across, one, screams salesy, two, screams sleazy, and it turns people off. So I want to recap a few very important highlights of this email, why it was so horrible, and what you can do to make it beautiful. Number one, test your subject lines on a mobile device. Test them across multiple mobile devices if you can, and multiple email carriers. You want to make sure the juicy, sexy bits of that subject line are in the short preview that you're going to get roughly between five and seven words. If you're going to use a headline, which you don't need to, some people really like opening with... um, with headlines and some subheadlines, you don't need to. But be captivating and remember, what's in it for me? Think of that as a reader and focus the value on your reader, not on yourself. All right, let's talk about formatting again. Use short, choppy sentences. One thought per line, two or three sentences per line. Low friction, easy to read, easy to keep reading. Remember, if they get lost in a paragraph, it's kind of hard to find your spot. Maybe their phone dinged and they got distracted and then you lost them. Our attention spans are like squirrels these days. So make it as easy as possible to drive in the point. And the other cool thing about formatting in that way is when you have one thought per line, it really makes those those thoughts stand out. And just read my emails. You'll see what I mean. Read other people that do the same thing. You can text Hickey uh, to 44222 to see how I do it. Again, end with value. When you do start to ask for referrals, we want to wait till we've delivered value. Wait till we've given them something where they can trust us and be uh, confident in our services. So remember these tips and tricks when you start to write emails, write autoresponders, and use plain text. Unless you are selling physical products, use plain text emails. They're going to open better. So I hope this helps when you guys decide to start diving into the email world, or maybe if you're already diving into the email world, to kind of tweak your approach a little bit. There's a subtlety to email. It is a way to communicate via conversation. 90% of the emails you send are discussions with people, right? It's a back and forth. It's a two-sided conversation. Invite the two-sided conversation. Invite the response and make it feel like an email that you would receive in exchange with a friend, a colleague, or a coworker. 
So that's all I got for episode seven. Again, if you wanna jump on to braintakey.com, take a peek at how I do some of these emails on that slider in the lower right. Enter your email. I'll send you those five copywriting secrets. Thanks again for listening. You can access all your supplementary podcast goodies at brainhickey.com. Click subscribe for new episode alerts every Tuesday. And hey, if you like what you hear, click five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. This is Adam Benzman signing off the Brain Hickey Podcast.